Praise the Lord. Let's pray for the word. Father, I thank you for the word we get to share tonight. Lord, I understand these people didn't come to hear me. They came to hear you. And so I pray that, that I be the oracle from you this evening. Lord, and that you tell us what you want us to know. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise for your word. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me start off with the passage here out of Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said, And I say unto thee, thou art Peter. Remember, Peter had just come to Jesus. He said, Who do people say I am? And Peter said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said a couple of things. And he said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now in this passage, Jesus kind of gives us the posture that the church should be having. He's talking about the church attacking the gates of hell. You know, when he talks about the gates of hell prevailing, he's not talking about hell carrying its gates to us. He's talking about taking us taking the fight to hell. See, in, where we live and in what the age in which we live, it's time for the church to be the church that Jesus meant for it to be. It's time for the church to get back on the offensive. Instead of waiting for the next attack, we ought to be, let him be waiting for the next attack. That we be on the offensive. That we be the ones who are changing the world. That we be the ones who are violent in our spirits to the degree that we're not willing to accept the status quo, but we will march for Jesus wherever he sends us. Okay, we need to be the ones. In the book of Acts, the church, or members of the church, were accused of turning the world upside down. Isn't that funny? They're really turning it right side up, but they said they're turning it upside down. That's in Acts chapter 17. Because they weren't waiting for the devil's attack. They were the ones doing the attacking. The devil was on the defensive. The book of Acts, I mean, he was on the, uh, on the defensive all the time because these people knew that Jesus is the answer, and they were taking that answer to the world. I mean, the church was violently committed to Jesus no matter what willing to lay their lives down for him. Our job is to, is to plunder hell to populate heaven. heaven. That's our job. That's what we should be doing. We should be, be being the church that is not afraid of Satan, understanding that he ought to be afraid of us. Every morning when you get out of bed, when your feet hit the floor, he ought to be thinking, oh, crap, they're up again. <laughs> we need to be the ones that he's afraid of. You know, it's amazing to me that Christians are often afraid of the devil, afraid of demons. And somebody one time says, aren't you afraid when you talk bad about the devil that he's going to get mad at you? And I always say, you know what the Bible says in Revelation, that he's full of wrath. You can't get more full than full. <laughs> All right, I mean, he's, that word full in the Greek, it means to be crammed full, to be replete. I mean, he is so full of wrath, he can barely stand himself. He's already mad at me. He's mad at you. The question is, are we going to allow him to do what he wants to do, or we stand up and fight for Jesus? Our nation needs for the church to be the church. I'm going to tell you something. American Christians need to remember, you know, things are going wrong in our country. Things are, we see things that we never dreamt would happen. You know, for you younger ones, I mean, some of us older ones, we never thought we'd see this kind of thing happen in our nation. I mean, the church, though, we need to remember just how great God is. I mean, He's bigger 
I mean, my kids used to hear that on the Veggie Tales that God's bigger than the boogeyman. I mean, He's bigger <laughs> than 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 all that the enemy can throw. We need to remember, remember the sacrifices and the faith of our forefathers, who forged a great this great nation of covenants by their own faith and courage and standing together. We need to remember them. Remember them. We need to remember. We need to remember how it was and how it should be again. You know, David, when he fought against Goliath, we always think of that weapon was the rock and the sling. Well, before that, the weapon was he remembered. He said, I slew the lion and I slew the bear. I grabbed him by the beard. Now, that's an amazing statement. With his bare hands, he grabs the beard of the lion or the bear one and put him out. David remembered how great God was. And if God could do that, then this giant was going to be nothing. We live in an age where the cancel culture wants to cancel our history. Do you know why? They don't want people to remember. They don't want people to remember how great God is. I'll tell you, if we tell the stories of, of, of the faith and the fight that was in, in, our, in our forefathers, I mean... That's going to change everything. We need to remember. And we need to know this, that God's already done great things. And He will do it again if we simply will believe Him. The devil is saying over and over, Oh, it's too late for America. It's too late. Oh, it will never change. Really? It changed once. Why can't it change again? It's already changed. I mean, it's gone, it's gone from, from its great faith and, and its roots in God to what we see happening today. It's already changed. Why can't it change again? Why does the devil have the right to make the rules? We need to understand, it can change. Listen, it's, our country seems to be changing from the land of the free and the home of the brave to this socialist state of the woke. It can change again. And we can be the spearheads of that change. It's already changed. It can change again. The scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed Day by day. I hear it said, I'm tired. What difference will it make? Your body may be tired, but your inward man is renewed day by day. And it can change. And it will change if we persevere. He went on to say, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We may feel like it's hopeless sometimes. We may be tired, but our inward man is renewed if we will allow him to be renewed. If we'll quit saying, I'm tired, and begin to say, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, then He will quicken my mortal body. If we will understand who we are and what we are, we don't have to give in to tired. See, we're fighting for something. We're fighting for souls. If this nation is turned from God, if this nation becomes a socialistic capital of the world, 
The gospel won't go out from it like it's done in the past. We're fighting for souls. We're fighting for the world. We're fighting for what needs to happen. The future of the Christian heritage in this nation and what God has assigned this nation to do to bless the world with the gospel. We're fighting for something here. And so what we're fighting is nothing compared to the greatness of our God. We need to remember He's already done it before. And He will and can do it again. Okay, so the question is, okay, well, what do we do then? Isn't that what we always say? Well, what can we do? I'll tell you what. Here's what we do when we don't know what to do. Is that good? It's good. Pray in the Spirit. Yes. That is the answer when you don't know what to do. I don't think we understand the power of that exact weapon when we're praying in the Spirit. Man, that's, that's pretty good. That's what you do when you don't know what to do. Listen to this passage of Scripture. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that when we speak in tongues, we speak mysteries. Now what he's talking about here, he says we speak the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. When we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying mysteries. We're praying. It's almost like when the Navajos had the code in World War II and the, the, the enemy didn't understand the code. When we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying in the code the devil doesn't understand. <laughs> but our spirit is connecting somewhere much deeper than our mind can ever go. It says these, these hidden things that God ordained before the world for us. For our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us, how? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He's talking about gathering this deep spiritual understanding in the Spirit. Now listen to this next verse. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. He's talking about praying words that the Holy Spirit gives us. That's, those are the mysteries of God. We're praying these mysteries. We're truly, this is what we're doing. We're prophesying the exact uncompromised will of God. We, God needs a man to speak. He needed the prophets. He needs the preachers. He needs men and women to speak. When you and I are praying in the Spirit, we are praying the exact perfect will of God every time we do it. Ooh, that's exciting to me. What can we do? We can pray in the Spirit is what we can do. If we're not praying in the Spirit every day, we're missing a golden opportunity to put the devil on the run. We're missing the opportunity that, 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 that is how it's been given to us. You know, we, we have been born for such a time as this. Some of us are like, Jesus, just come on back and get us out of this. He's like, no, no, I put you there 
for this. You can be praying in the Spirit and all of a sudden it's going to get from your spirit to your mind and you're going to know exactly what to do. Exactly where to be. Exactly what to say. Because you're praying the exact will of God. He reveals it to us by His Spirit. We're praying the plan of God. For any believer to say, I don't know what to do, is not true. In your spirit, you know. When you come in contact with Him. God is for us. God is for the church. God is for the United States. And we know that based on the covenants that our forefathers made with Him. He's working behind the scenes and we need to get in agreement with Him and pray in the Spirit. We can take the fight somewhere that we've never been before. It's time for Christians to think differently. Our minds are filled with CNN, Fox News, and all that stuff. Which You need to be informed. That's fine. Maybe not with CNN. But you need to be informed. <laughs> but we need to be more informed with the Spirit. If you're spending 30 minutes a day watching Fox News or whatever, you need to at least double it with the Word. You need to double it with praying in the Spirit. You need to spend time. What did God say? What's going on with Him? We need to think differently. We've got to believe what He said. Here's what He said. Jesus said, These things are spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Are you anxious? Worried? Oh, no, I'm just concerned. <laughs> and that's the Christian thing to say. Jesus said, that in Him we have peace. If we're not in peace tonight, we're not in the right place. We're to have peace. Jesus, 1 John 2.14 says, You're strong, and the Word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Anybody believe that? Yeah, I believe that. That's what, that's what, that's what the Bible said. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. We overcome Satan. That's the way they did it. That's the way we do it. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now that's a powerful statement. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We're believers in this room. We've overcome it. For us to be sad and put out is a huge mistake. Our faith is in Him, in Him alone. Man, the Bible says, this is what the Amplified Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who by in consequence of the action of His power that's at work within us is able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. There's this power residing in you that has to be tapped by your faith in what God has said. Isn't that good? Yeah. What, can, what can I do? You can pray in the Spirit. If we're in faith, we have peace. 
we simply have peace and we believe that God's word is true. You and I should be excited about tomorrow. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, you're not in faith. I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm just saying, let's turn it around. Let's change it. Let's allow God's word. Now, sometimes that takes a little bit of time to begin to meditate in the word. Begin to, the word meditate means to, to, to mutter, to utter, to speak to yourself over and over again. You know, we need to preach to ourselves a lot. We ought to be happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We ought to be happy. So I believe God's, I believe God's doing what, he's, what He wants to do. We need to come to this place that, that, that we think right. Instead of thinking the gloom and the doom and hating this one and hating that one, we need to think, what, what does the Bible say? Begin to think. We, listen, our future is determined by how we think. I'm going to show you that more in the scripture here. Our future is shaped, is molded by the thoughts we think. Well, it doesn't really matter what I think. Yeah, it does. It matters what you think. See, what we choose to think, what we believe, will mold our futures, will shape our futures. That brings me to my text. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We've read this the last two or three times we've been together. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think, I think in this room tonight, we would agree we want to know the will of God. I want to know His will. Well, this right here gives us a roadmap here. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word conformed, it means to fashion alike, to conform to the same pattern. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the way the world thinks. The world is pressuring us to conform to ungodliness. I mean, it's there. The pressure is there every single day. We sometimes call it peer pressure, but it's pushing us into their mold. It's systematic. There is a systematic thing going on. It's called systematic ungodliness. And they're pushing us into it. Every day we get pushed. The whole world is under this pressure of the evil one. And if you don't conform to that pressure, you're the oddball. You're the weirdo. Something wrong with you. The world pushes us there. As believers, we've got to know many, many things. But we've got to know that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. That's what Jesus said in John 17. We're not of it. We're not like them. He, he, said, he said, we're not to be defined by the world. The world doesn't get to tell us who we are or what we do. I'm always amazed when I watch a preacher in an interview with some, some uh, a national broadcaster, and he tries to tell the preacher what the church is supposed to be. It's like, do, do you even know God? They are not the ones who get to tell us what, how we're to be defined. We, the, Jesus said that we're sanctified, set apart from the world by truth. And he said, your word is truth. 
Here's the only way to make it. You've got to have the Word. If somebody ever asks you a question about the controversial issues and you feel compelled to answer it, your answer needs to be, not I think, needs to be, well, this is what the Bible says. Because it's not your opinion in this, in this situation, the Word is what has to get out there. The Word is truth. We need to understand that as Christians, not everybody in the world is our brother. Do you realize that? I mean, you know, oh, we're all brothers. That, that's not true. Jesus was talking to a group of Pharisees one day, and he said, you are of your father, the devil. Their family was not God. Their family was Satan. The Bible tells us that the family of God is translated out of the kingdom of darkness. We've now been changed. The world is trying to mold us into its shape. It wants us to look like them, act like them, talk like them. I mean, they're trying to make us be just like them. And a whole bunch of the world has gotten into the church. Woo, that was powerful. I mean, have you ever been to an Amway? I'm sorry, I don't want to call them out. Have you ever been to one of those multi-level marketing places (laughs) in their conventions? Who is like the church now? I mean, they got the motivating music, they got the fog, they got the lights. Somebody's going to preach a sermon, it's going to make you want to sell more of it. That's gotten into the church. So we, 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 need, we need to be who we are. We need to be different than the world, not crammed into the world's mold. Instead of being squeezed into the world's form, we need to be transformed. Transformed, excuse me. Not conformed, but transformed. The word transform, the Greek word is metamorpho, which means to change into another form. By the way, the book of Romans wasn't written to lost people. It was written to Christians, to saints is what it says in chapter 1. It's telling saints of God that they need to not be conformed to the world, but they need to be transformed. Metamorpho means to change into another form. We get the, the English word metamorphosis, which means it's like a butterfly. It completely changes. It's completely different. goes into that cocoon as a worm comes out a beautiful butterfly. Completely changed. All right? We are changed. As our mind is renewed, we are changed into another person. If there's something about you that you don't like, you've got to change your mind first. The mind has to be renewed. As we've said in other passages, the scripture did not say that 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 we are to, to that we that that that, uh, that we're transformed by fasting. Transformed by praying. Transformed by having a bunch of people lay hands on you. That isn't how transformation comes. Transformation comes as our mind is renewed. The word renewed means renovate, to completely take out all the old junk and put in new stuff. Transformed. The Lord will never make you change your mind. Did you know that? And the devil can't make you change your mind. This is your choice. Now, the devil will try to make you think you can't help what you think, but you can think. You can think whatever you want to think. Here's the reality. My mind is my mind. You ought to say that all the time. No, no. My mind is my mind. I don't have to think anything I don't want to think. I can choose to think anything I want to think. 
your mind belongs to you. If you're saying stuff like, well, that's driving me crazy, then stop it. <laughs> you are making me lose my mind. Stop it. I have half a mind. Well, now you do. <laughs> my mind is my mind. And I choose to not allow Satan to steal it, and I refuse to allow it to be conformed into the world's image. My mind is my mind. Listen, we mustn't ignore what the Word says about our minds. We must have them renewed. The devil is trying to convince the church that God is somehow the problem. Well, I went up to the front and they prayed for me and nothing happened. And that somehow is God's fault. You know, God is not the problem. The problem is a lot of stuff is out there that's going on that people are blaming on God. But if we'll come to the place where we have our mind renewed, things will change. We will change. All right? The devil can't destroy our lives without our cooperation. Now, he, he comes in the back door. He brings thoughts, and he wants those thoughts to control us. In fact, here's something. I, I found this out about the devil. He doesn't want you to even believe in the devil. He's doing everything he can to, to, to make us believe that, that, that he doesn't even exist. I also know this. Remember that guy? That guy was the gathering demoniac that came, and Jesus came. Remember that guy? He had a legion of demons. 2,000 demons in one spot. He had enough willpower and mind that he fell down at the feet of Jesus. He made a choice, and that choice freed Jesus to set him free because his mind was his mind. He, he, he acted like he couldn't control it and that he could do all those things, and, but he chose to fall at the feet of Jesus. So we're going to talk about this for just a couple of minutes. What time is okay? Let me ask you a question. How important are your thoughts? It's not important what I think. I mean, nothing's going to come of that. Really? Listen to this passage of Scripture. This is from Acts chapter 14, beginning of verse 1. It says, At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual to the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Poisoned their minds. How important were their thoughts? Their minds were poisoned. These thoughts were so important that it caused them to miss out on eternal salvation. Their thoughts were poisoned. What you listen to and what you think about is very, very important. As we've already talked about, words are containers of thoughts. Words contain the thoughts of, of, of someone. The King James Version says that their minds were evil affected. Evil affected means harmed. To, they were injured. They were maltreated or afflicted. They were thinking these wrong thoughts that had dire consequences. Those thoughts were important thoughts. I mean, we, last time we talked about the nature, the spiritual nature and the origin of thoughts. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. The word followers, the Greek word is mimetes, which means to imitate or be an imitator. The Bible says we're to be imitators of God. Now, here's the question. How does God do what He does? Well, here's what He does. 
He speaks words that contain his thoughts. We need to speak words that contain his thoughts. We need to be people who have our minds renewed by the word of God that we speak these words that are his thoughts. Ultimately, if we do it long enough, they'll become our thoughts. His, the words that came out of him that were his thoughts, they all began in him as thoughts, they came out of him, those words were so powerful that a universe was created. That light came three days before the sun, moon, and the stars came. He, those words were so powerful. When we learn to, to, to think the right way in all the circumstances, we need to think the right way. This passage, as we read in Romans, as I said, was written to Christians. As Christians, we need to allow our minds to be, to be absolutely renovated so we will be transformed. Listen to this passage of Scripture. Psalm 139, beginning in verse 1, it says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Now that's an interesting statement. You understand my thought afar off. He sees our thoughts from a distance even before we think them. Do thoughts matter? I mean, if they didn't matter, would God bother to know them afar off? They have to be important. God knows what we're thinking. We've got to embrace the reality that thoughts matter and they're very significant. God saw the thought before I got to it and He knew the word before I spoke it. My thoughts are important. What I think about. Verse 17 of that psalm says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! The Bible, as I said, is a collection of the containers of God's thoughts. I mean, just as his thought came up in him, it can come up in us if we will look into his thoughts, which is his word. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you were confronted with a situation and the first thing you thought was what God said? You know, they, 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 they did a deal about the, the last words that pilots spoke before, you know, that was on the black box before the planes crashed. And almost every time somebody cursed God. Wouldn't it be great if your thought was different than that? Yeah. It was recorded from now on that said, Jesus saves. We, that needs to be the first thing that comes out of us. We can think God's thoughts. We're the only thing in creation that can think God's thoughts. I don't care how good your dog is, he can't think God's thoughts. Even the ones on you know, TV, the funniest on videos that say, row, 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 you know. <laughs> they're, not, they're not thinking God's thoughts there. You and I have the capacity to think God's thoughts. We, he made us in his image, the Bible says. I mean, we're in a class higher than the angels because we've been created in the likeness and the image of God. In his image. What is the image of God? Well, Jesus is the word and he is the exact image of God. Think about that. The word expressed the image and it still does. We can think that way. We're born and predestined to be conformed to that image. To be trans. Listen, we have eternity to become like that. 
And you think, well, I'm not anything like that yet. But one day, I mean, just think you have had only these few years while you've been here. You'll have millions of years. Eventually you get there. Ooh, that's good. The world is hungry for the latest movie, the latest game, the latest book. Oh, they're, they, they're hungry for these horror movies that, 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 want, that they want to be scared. They want, they want, they want to be frightened. And I'm going to say that they want to be frightened out of their wits. And they're getting there. They want to be scared to death. And they're getting there. They're hungry for it. I don't know. They're, they're hungry. We ought to be hungry for the thoughts of God. What did God say? What does God think about this? I mean, that's the way we are transformed. By having our mind renewed. By the thoughts of God. That's the way we shape our future. Is by what we think. We shape it by what we think. There's power in His thoughts. They transform us into something else. Isn't this fun? I mean, I, I know this. I'm different than I was 20 years ago. I'm different than I was 30 years ago. I know most of you don't think I'm that old. But I'm different than that. <laughs> we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. I mean, our confession ought to be, how precious are your thoughts above all else? If his thoughts are precious, we're going to be seeking those thoughts. We'll be pursuing those thoughts. We're going to want those thoughts above everything else. You and I are born again tonight because someone preached words. Those words were the thoughts of God. They were the thoughts of truth about the Redeemer taking our sins and paying the price and being raised from the dead. At one time, we'd never heard those words. And, 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 and we never thought any thoughts about it. But then somebody preached and we heard the thought of God and we were open to that thought and it allowed the Holy Spirit to change our lives. It's true today. It works the same way. In Acts chapter 10, the angel, you know, Cornelius was, was seeking God and he wasn't even a Christian and the angel came to him and he said, send for Peter and hear the words. The words were the thoughts of God. You and I are Christians because the gospel went to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house and he got saved. His house got saved. The world was changed because somebody preached the thoughts of God to those people. Ooh, the thoughts are important. There, there are thoughts that will, that will trans, transform us, but there are thoughts that will conform us to the world. We've got to learn how to think what we need to think. Let me read the, rest, the last two verses of that and then I'll be done tonight. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there are any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I mean, the wicked way is connected to thoughts, but we need to have God try our thoughts. We need to begin to say, Lord, show me my thoughts. Show me if you agree with what I think. See, some of us think that God's the way we think. Some of us think that God's like us. No, we're supposed to be like Him. He's not called to be like us. I mean, there's so much that's said and thought about God that simply is not true. Even in churches sometimes. I mean, they say stuff sometimes that, that is, you just can't find it in the Word of God. I mean, I'm not, I'm not they, I'm talking about all the churches. I mean, there are many religious people that think they know Him, but they really don't know Him at all. We need to be willing to say, God, I got all this stuff. Tell me what's not you. Show me what's not right. 
I want to know truth. I want to know it from you. I want to know you in truth. And let's start thinking what he says. You know, we grew up with a lot of stuff that just isn't God. We assume that it is. You know, the Lord only helps those who help themselves. Where's that in the Bible? Well, it's not. If you just look deep enough. Well, yeah, but isn't that a truism? Well, I'm glad that he helped me, but I couldn't help myself. I was lost. I had no hope. And he helped me. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He helped us when we didn't help ourselves. He, he did that for us. We've got to get rid of all that stuff. We let the Lord reveal to us the things that are not Him. We've got to begin to focus on His Word and, and let it change us. Let it transform us. I mean, as I said earlier, a lot of the world's gotten to the church. We need to get all that out of us. Be willing to be different and say, Lord, what is you? What is not you? See, whatever, whatever's important to God, that needs to be important to me. But we won't know until our thoughts are renewed, until our minds are renewed. We know Him. We've got to pray that He will show us what's Him and what is not, so we will be transformed. Man. See, all the religious things that we make up replace the real. We've got to love Jesus more than our tradition, more than all those things. Even if I... I've had to change things sometimes that I've preached for years and realized that ain't what God said. That's not even in the Bible. We've got to know. We've got to be willing to get rid of those things. And I'm going to close. We've got to understand. We've got to know God's thoughts. It's not smart to amen everything the preacher says. Because sometimes he says something and you say amen, and that means be it unto me. If he said something that's not in the Word, you don't want that to be you. Listen to it. Let the Holy Spirit, let the Spirit of God, let the Word of God filter out what is flesh and what is, what it, what it, what is soul and what is spirit. We need that. We need what God says. Our thoughts are very, very important. We need to decide tonight to begin to allow God to transform us by the renewing of our minds. Now, I had another point here. I was going to get there tonight, but next time we'll talk about what exactly are thoughts. I mean, it's like, well, I think I know what a thought is. I have them all the time. Well, let's find out from the Scripture next time. What is a thought? What is it? Let's pray. Father, tonight I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that our future is formed. Our future is shaped by the thoughts we think. Father, we thank you tonight that your word is true. I thank you, God, that my thoughts are important to you, but tonight I want to become a man who treasures your thoughts above all else. Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.